Welcome to the Cousins AFLW Fantasy Podcast. I'm Keebs, coach of the Super Subs. I'm here with my cousin, Jados. Coach of NFNL, KFKL, no Fife, no life, no Fife, no life. And we're back. We're back. It's been what three weeks, four weeks. Yep. we couldn't get enough. It's been a it's been a long off season, mate. <laughs> I feel I feel refreshed to be honest. There's there's more fantasy to play. We're here. We're it's 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 been happening. Yeah. So for those of you that are new that are joining us for the first time, we are the cousins, Keebs, my cousin sitting across from me, myself, Jaden, Jados. Um, we've what had a year of making AFL men's fantasy content, the podcast, and some other stuff. And we decided to give AFLW a crack this year and we've been loving it so much that, you know, we decided let's just crank out the podcast again. You know, we're so helplessly addicted to the, to this, the game, to the game of game. fantasy, <laughs> just fantasy in general. And we're credentialed, mate. We're credentialed for the pod. Are we now? We are. Well, you, you certainly are, more so, <laughs> more so than me. <laughs> we, we've, we've been fortunate to have a, have a decent start and um, we've been... I've been watching a lot, mate. I watch basically every game over the weekend, um, and I've watched most of the games from most weekends. So I feel like I've clued myself in. I didn't know anything coming into the season, but bang, we're right into it. We're right, yeah, right into it. We, we both were complete novices. Not yep. really, hadn't really watched much of the AFLW before, but as soon as the the, the word fantasy was included, we were like, all right, yeah, that's us. We're, it's on. It's happening. It's on. And we're we're going to become the most avid AFLW fans in the land. Yeah, and I think part of our, our decision to, to make content on this is because it's a whole new platform. I know Marrera's Magic has existed for a few years and there are people who are seasoned veterans in that and know the players intimately and really well and know their scoring and scoring history, know all the CBA numbers and everything like that. But ultimately, we're playing a brand new platform and there's some stuff that we've just, all of us are encountering for the first time in terms of strategy and things like that. And I feel like we've been talking about it a lot, um, thinking about it a lot, and we've got, you know, lots that we want to share and discuss with you guys. So, you know, hence the hence the podcast. So, that's, that's a little bit of housekeeping to uh, get us started, but I guess we should get into it with our schools and rank and trade for round Three. Do you want to kick us off? Yep. So round three, I scored 1,542. My overall rank now is 379th. So I moved up nicely this round, had a, had a pretty big week. My trades were Jordan Allen, the G-Nans, and Emma Swanson to Annalise Lister, Poppy Bolts, and Kiara Bowers. So the trades fared averagely this week. I think it ended up costing me a few points, which was a bit disappointing because Bowers had a, a, a bit of a down week for her lofty standards, but um, it still feels like my team is moving forward. So I'm happy with the ranking. Well, you had a huge, you had a huge week. Anything over 1500 this week was massive. I'm coming, I'm coming for a hat, mate. I'm coming for a hat. <laughs> it's going to happen this year, right? It's got to happen. All right. So myself this week, I scored 1474, just a bit shy of that 1500 mark. So that my rank dipped a little bit. I'm now equal fourth. Equal fourth. Equal fourth. You're an this animal. Week. Yep. And my trades were Georgia Nanscorn, Isla Sheeran, and Bree Davy to Isabel Huntington, Annalise Lister, and Kiara Bowers. And I'm going to say they're a fail for trades. Yeah. You my- said your trades were, you know, okay, but Lister was a fail. <laughs> Lister was and in a hindsight, huge fail. It was, it was so dumb for both of us. And we learned our, learned our lesson. 
And we'll talk about Lister a little bit. But. Yeah, that was a huge fail. But I think you can sort of call it... I mean, I, I don't know how many points your trades cost you. Mine was minimal, but the fact that I've actually got Bowers in my team now still feels like a win. That's why I'm kind of walking away from it feeling feeling yeah. decent. Yeah, it was. I'm a, I'm a little bit flat because I had the C on her. Um, I didn't have the VC on Ghana, so I had to roll with Bowers. And that cost me ultimately 50, 50 points, 50 flat, um, which left me feeling flat, but... Again, having Bowers is awesome, and she's gonna she's gonna pay us back immediately. Hopefully, oh, yeah, hopefully. a big score this week would be nice. Yes, yes. All right, so it's time to get into our hogs and flogs for this week. We're gonna start with our hogs. All right, and I'm gonna kick us off. Now we're do, we're doing things slightly different to the men's game because now we're gonna do. A one, two, three ranking for our hogs, and a one, two, three ranking for our flogs. Yeah, one being the least, and three being the greatest. I guess a negative one, two, three for our flogs. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a better way to put it. Hogs and flogs of the week. All right, so my one vote for my hog, Matilda Schultz, absolute beast, incredible rookie. She scored a seventy-five this week, and she hasn't missed. Like she hasn't missed. <laughs> She's been so awesome. Um, she absolutely demolishes the eye test. Um, she could, she's bordering on being a keeper. Like that 75 that she scored, to me, she looked way better than that score. She gave away four free kicks, did some dumb things, um, bit of push and shove in the rut contest, a couple of like eh, unfair decisions. That 75 easily could have been a 90. So Tilly Schultz, one vote. Now my two goats goes... Two goats, two, two votes. Goats. <laughs> she could. She is a bit of a goat. Two goats to the goat. Yeah, Jazz Garner, one fifty four. Absolutely massive, unstoppable type stuff. Just so clean, so good at footy. Um, Jazz Garner. If you don't have a, it would just be painful watching. I would recommend not watching North Melbourne. Two votes goes to Garner, and that leaves three votes to the only other person who it could be, which is Laura Gardner. One. 51 against Brisbane, 41 disposals, which is one shy of the all-time AFLW record. Just so good. The fact that she was like, what, 700K to start with. I know she's pretty popular, but you just got to tip your hat to someone that's that good, you know? Just incredible stuff, Laura Gardner. Just an absolute animal. All right, I'll get into mine. My one vote, I've gone with Noffy, Ebony Marinoff. Just solid. She's been solid all year. I would like a slight bit more of a ceiling from her, but you can't be mad with, with 120s. Uh, two votes, I've gone Laura Gardner. Just a stud. She's a pig. I'm calling it. She's going to be a pig of AFLW fantasy. And three votes, I've gone Jazz Gardner. So just sw- swapped mine around with yours there. Um, yeah, Gardner for back-to-back 150s and just looking like the best player in the comp by an absolute landslide at the moment. Just good to watch, man. Just so good to watch. I can't. I, I couldn't. I couldn't pump her up enough. To be honest, I yeah. just. I love what she, she does. She's so good. Um, so yeah, those are our hogs for this week, and we're going to move on to our flogs. <laughs> and I'm going to start. My one vote is Annalise Lister for her forty. Oh mate, that was a tough, tough, tough watch. She um she was sort of tagging. Monconti. Yes, she was sort of... T- I, I don't know why in my brain I was thinking Monty. <laughs> she was I sort mean, of tagging it, I mean, Conti. It works. It does work, yeah. She was tagging Monty, but it was like a terrible soft tag. She was starting off half forward and like leaving her for a bit and then sort of joining her at stoppages 
it was very strange because Conti, just to chime in, Conti was doing like all her damage out of the CBAs and the early CBA stoppages, and Lister would go to the go to her then after in general play yeah. and just not like super weird. Yeah, it was so strange. But yeah, that forty man, I, I'm considering it lucky that she got to forty. She her tackle pressure was pretty average for someone tagging. She was always a step behind kicked Conti, a, kicked a snag, and too. she kicked. Yeah, so I was just about to add that she kicked her first career goal. <laughs> to get to that 40 and it was a gift from the umpire so man that easily could have been like a low 20s score um Annalise Lister that's one mo- my flog now my two votes goes to Emma Swanson for his 97 and it's kind of harsh because 97 is not too bad but with the way that my trades were going I was tossing up between trading out Swanson to Shirah to make the money to get Bowers or going Sheeran to Lister and I decided to go with Lister so I really needed Swanson to put like 30 odd points on top of Shearer and she just couldn't get it done so Swanson I expected more especially considering she was on like 78 at halftime she only got to 97. Yeah it's ridiculous it feels like a bit of a retrospective whack to her as well because you well you've owned her for the whole season I got rid of her this week but she's been yeah she's been a bit not quite enough but I'm expecting more she's got she's got a good draw I'm going to continue to hold her. But yeah, my three votes for the Flogs goes to Ash Riddell for a 79. I know it's a tough opposition. It's harsh. It's a harsh... You, 79 she, is for an uber primo. She scored 150 last week. Surely that's built up some goodwill, mate. You just, not, not, not enough. Just, nah. just not enough. <laughs> three votes. <laughs> yeah, 79 is just not enough, especially with with her low ownership and the fact that I was considering trading her out to, to Bowers as well. And so, yeah, it just hurts when, when that's the first game of the round and you watch a primo drop a 79. Just not good. Not good enough, Ash. Bit flat, especially when other primos are just absolutely dominating in yep. the midfield. Yeah. We should probably say as well, we have done our votes from the first two rounds just to for the sake of consistency yes. in, our, we'll, in our B&E. We will tally at B&F. the end of the season. B&F, not B&E. Don't know what I'm talking about. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get into my vlogs. <laughs> We're a bit rusty, cuz. We're, we're a lot rusty. It's only been a few weeks, mate, and we've lost the touch. Hopefully it comes <laughs> back. But yeah, I'll get into my flogs. This is a retrospective flog. Erin Phillips gets my one vote. I I would have liked to have given her more, to be honest, but she did get to 71. It's just she does not pass the eye test. No. She looks incredibly slow. It's very frustrating to watch, and she, she got going late. Very, very late to get to her 71. So she gets my one vote for the... Well, my, my negative one. My negative two goes to Lily Postwaite. That's harsh. Yeah, it may be. But she was on 35 at halftime. Only got to 49. Had a zero point last quarter. She's my F5. Just needed a little bit more from her this week. And it looked like she was going to get it. I've also got Fitzpatrick there on my bench, who I was considering fielding. So she outscored her by 10 points. It's just like... Bit flat, bit flat. So she gets the two, and the three goes to Annalise Lister, the negative three. Yeah, we've we've already said it. She just did not look good at all. <laughs> she she more, looked old. More full, that's, what she, yeah, that's more how full, she looked. More full us for, for bringing her into our teams, but the fact <laughs> that I did it for... I mean, it only cost me 11 points from Alan, but I sort of consider Alan to be like close to a deaf primo, and I've just downgraded massively in that spot. So Lister gets the negative three this yeah. week. Yeah, just qu- just quickly on Lister. I know I already talked about her, but she was on four at quarter time and we messaged each other and we're like, what have we done? Like we, we picked up an old lady <laughs> who has 
like terrible, terrible scoring history. Like, yeah, we're, like uh, we looked through her numbers, and she's oh, got she's got a handful of single digit scores. She's coming off being a late out with like calf tightness. <laughs> it's just oh, that was that's on us. But I thought maybe she could be better with a with a CBA role, but she wasn't in the CBAs this week. She was just weirdly tagging off half forward. So yeah, it's just yeah, you, you got to jump off her if you're an owner immediately yeah. before you get burnt very badly. Forty was a, a gift. It really felt like a, a gift. Yeah, we got lucky with the forty. So agreement, agree. All right, so we're going to move on to the first of our segments for this week, and it is hot bakes. All right, why don't you kick us off, cousin? All right, I've only got one this week. Normally, I'm an angry, angry man, but I've had a good round, so I've come in 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 a better mood than normal. Um, Just going to give the umpires a bit of a clip for being so whistle-happy. Some of the calls, man, it's just... I, I don't know if it's because possibly the umpires are at slightly less of a level. They maybe have less experience, but it just seems like they're so whistle-happy. At least 10 times over the course of the weekend, you would see someone tackle someone as they take possession, get called holding the man or holding the woman in this case. Just that was the main one that was frustrating me, but a lot of tackle calls just over the top, like officiating didn't need to be done. So the arms are being whistle-happy. It'd be nice to see them just put it away a little bit and let the girls play because it's – it's just so frustrating when you've got a player there getting, you know, minus threes that aren't really there. Um, Schultz copped a couple that I didn't really agree with as well. That was frustrating. Just a yeah, just a frustrating week from the umpires. Just on the umpire thing, did you know Razor Ray's been been umpiring a whole bunch of AFLW games? Yeah, but it's you know Razor Ray. But you know, do you know why? Like he's not because he would usually be umpiring men's finals has been dropped yeah but because he can't bounce the ball properly that's their reasoning oh really yeah i didn't actually yeah. know that there you go yeah i saw a segment on it on um footy classified so caro caro gave him a bake for it that's pretty funny <laughs> it Ra- is pretty funny razor ray is going to get dropped from the aflw as well for, <laughs> for, for being too whistle happy just settle down mate please oh razor you're, go- you're going back to the state leagues next year yeah. all right so i've got a handful of bakes um i'm gonna start with Giants coach Alan McConnell for his use of Lister. We talked about it ever. Uh, what am I saying? We talked about it before, but um, it was just like one of the weirdest tagging, tagging roles that I've seen. Like she was half tagging Conti off half forward. She didn't start at the center bounce. Didn't even join her for like one or two stoppages. She hit the bench at different times yeah. as well. Yeah. Like usually when you're tagging, you wait till your opponent hits the bench and you follow them there and then you come back on at the same time. You just follow their rotations. But there are a couple of times when Lister was on the pine, Conti just bang, dominating everywhere. And so she let her have 22 touches, the most clearances for the game. I saw a couple of nice goal assists from Conti. Conti is an animal, but just, just, just adding that in there. The way that she moves is just phenomenal. She looks so good. Yeah. So the bake is if you're going to tag, you might as well do it properly. Now, my second hot bake for this week is to Scott Gowans, coach of Sydney. Now, this is a little clip directly related to Ella Heads getting stuck on the pine for 13 minutes in the third quarter. Now, that's almost a whole quarter of AFLW footy. Like The, the quarters already only go for 17 minutes, yeah, with, and with the, the clock doesn't on. stop, so there's no time on except for the last two minutes. Now... Obviously, no one plans for the ball to get stuck on the other side of the ground. So that was that, that kind of like halted their rotations a bit. But the reason it's a bake 
is because heads had been off the ground for five minutes and there was a goal that was kicked and she didn't come on. And Gardner had been on the bench for the same amount of time, five minutes, straight on. But for whatever reason, they didn't do a defensive rotation. So as a result of that, she ended up getting stuck for 13 minutes all the way until the end of the quarter. Very weird for a defender to be on the bench for that long in just any format of the game. It's so strange. Yeah, I'd, so it, I don't know. It was the, the bake. The bake, I think, is is valid, even though the ball got stuck. So there's a little clip for you. Now, my next bake is to you, cousin. Hang on. For chucking the biggest tantrum I've ever seen on Saturday night after Marinoff and Bowers played, you're acting as if your season was over. Your whole team was cooked. No, you can't, you're giving me you're giving me a funny look, but this is this is true. Here, I've got some quotes oh, from Saturday night. Here we go. Listeners, I'm being, I'm being stitched listeners, up here. You're going to laugh when you hear these. All right, here we go. Quote, Bowers is shit. I hate her. I've made a grave error and ruined my team in the process. I have fully cooked two positions and my bench to get this crab. It's true. I did. I did do that. I'm not done. We've ruined our seasons. What a horror show. I'm so <laughs> flat, mate. It's all over. <laughs> you just wouldn't stop. You would not stop going oh. on about how you just your life was over. And <laughs> and <laughs> you had one of the biggest rounds. You had a massive round. What did you score? 15-42. 15-42. And you're going on like your season is over. What are you ranked now? 379. I, I don't know what I ranked. If that's not worthy of a hot bake, I don't know what is. I don't know what I ranked for the round. I wish I checked. But yeah, look, it just... Uh, <laughs> my, my alternate trades would have performed much better. And I did cook... F5 and D5, basically. Well, I guess I, I ensured that F5 remained cooked in order to get Bowers. Like, I had to do some restructuring and it left the rest of my team so thin. But I was like, Bowers is probably going to be worth it. Um, Noffy was good. Oh, you know, what, you know, 124, but that's good. <laughs> it's good. But considering how much I paid that she's dropped in price every week and now Bowers is doing the same, it's a bit frustrating. But yeah, look, <laughs> I, I did I did overreact. I had a good <laughs> I had a good round. I moved up about 800 spots this week. It's just, it's a, it brings out the worst in us sometimes. It does, fantasy. yeah. No, no. So I, I totally agree with you. Bowers was super frustrating, especially for me as my captain. But I was like, what do you want about, mate? You captain Ghana. So you're already having a huge round. Bowers is just bonus points. And unfortunately, she's going to lose a bit of money. But you're having a massive round and you're acting as if your life is over. I was getting sick of it. I actually had a chuckle today when I was going back through those quotes because I literally stopped replying to you. And I just started a new conversation on Sunday. <laughs> I was like, this guy, I'm not having it. I'm Look, not having it. We, we we do have some dummy spits from time to time. You've oh, had you've had plenty in the men's game, mate. There'll be there'll be some that come up later in the yeah. season. I'm yeah, gonna will be. I'm gonna get you back and you out will. you to the listeners. All right, mate. All right, I got one more little tag. Uh, one more little tag. God, you can't. I'm, I am rusty it's, as. Mate. It's all going wrong. There's a lot of <laughs> a lot of stuttering on this part. <laughs> oh, it's pretty funny. No, this final little bake goes to just the coaches not tagging Jazz Garner. So I, I know this is a weird one because I'm an owner and I'm, I'm very happy about her scoring like this, but I feel like I need to kind of represent the voice of the non-owners as a podcaster. And just like, if I was a non-owner, I would be furious. This is like Marcus Bontempelli 2.0. It's happening again. Like what? And the funny thing is AFLW, it seems like tags are very much a common thing. Like, Lots of lots of teams run a tagger, but for whatever reason, 
we'll just let the best player in the competition not get any attention for three weeks in a row. It's just bizarre. It has been extremely strange, to say the least. But you'd think that would change this week against Brisbane. I'm sure she's going to get the tag. 100%. It's going to happen. It's absolutely going to happen. So I thought I would just, yeah, be a voice to the voiceless. And that is the end of Hot Bakes for this week. And we're going to move swiftly on to Knights of the Round Table. We're Knights of the Round Table. We dance where we're able. We do routines to call the scenes to footwork in bed cable. We dine well here in Camelot. We eat ham and jam and spam a lot. All right. So for those of you that are new here, Knights of the Round Table is kind of a funny funny name for a segment, but you have to envision us as King Arthur's men sitting around, uh, well, the round table, but we're actually here with a couple of rectangle tables, um, discussing, you know, all the all the relevant news, all the relevant things to discuss. Talking points from the, the fantasy games. land. Yeah, all the talking points. It's basically an open forum for us to discuss whatever we want, whatever we feel is relevant to each other, and also, you know, address some listener questions, things like that. So that is Knights of the Round Table. And the first thing we're going to address here in our round table discussion is the initial best 16. So that is the best players or the top players from each line. And we're gonna we're gonna have some early predictions of who we think are the best defenders, midfielders, rucks, and forwards. And yeah, so why don't I put it to you to start, Keebs, with the defenders? All right, what I've done, I've got my top five and then I've got an extra defender, but I'll name them in order. Number one, I've got Hannah Priest. That might be a bit controversial, but I love the CBA role and her scoring sort of, sort of trending upwards. So she's currently the second highest averaging defender as well. Uh, then Tani Evans, Daisy Darcy, Emma Carney, Nicole Bresnahan, and then my extra is Eilish Sheeran. Hmm. Okay. That's my, interesting. That's my list. Any any that stick <clears throat> out to you there? Well, I'll go through my list and then we'll compare. So I've got Tani Evans at D1, Daisy Darcy. Then I've got Hannah Priest coming in at three, Emma Carney at four, and then rounding it out with Bresnahan at five. And my special mentions are Sheeran and Thomas and maybe Gab Pound, but I don't like the fact that Karen Peterson is, is due back probably in one or two weeks. Um and the fact that she's coming off like a 50-something. Yeah, 10 degree. 58. She got going late for that as well. But defense, I think, is one of those lines that is kind of... The top sort of 5 to 10 is kind of all sort of relatively close in terms of scoring. Um, we both left Stanett off our list, who's currently actually the highest averaging defender. But I just... Her role as a forward, I think, is going to have some inconsistent scoring to come. And I think she's sort of already put her best foot forward. I, I can't see that. Yep. Yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a huge fan of her role. Also, just quickly, you talking about Hannah Priest's CBA role. I really like it too. Um, she's sort of been doing like some, some defensive midfield stuff. She loves a tackle. She looked great against Port on the weekend. But the little flag is that I saw her go into defense late in that game. Um, and that's, I think that's the one sort of little caveat on Priest anyway, is that she, you know, can play as a defender at times. And I think if she is, then she's going to be straight out of that top five. So that's something just to be wary of, I think. Yeah, I, I do agree. I, I sort of just think she went back obviously, cause that, that close game with Port, they probably just wanted, you know, some more experience down there to try and try and help get them over the line. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think she's going to stay in that CBA role. And I think if she does, I sort of see her as that D1 just because we know sort of the CBAs and the tackling in AFLW probably comes a little bit easier than sort of uh, intercept defending and getting that, that halfback junk. But yeah, I mean, our top five is basically the exact same, just in slightly different order. Yeah. They, well, they, yeah, they all stand stand out to me as the clear five. Yeah. What you were saying about having a blanket over them is is so true. Like... I don't think you really... I, I've seen some questions out there about, you know, trading out people like Carney. But the thing is, is like, they're all sort of so inconsistent. They fluctuate in scoring. You're sort of just going to like chase your tail a little bit if that's your that's your approach. I think you just have to like... As long as you don't have like spuds, um, yeah, yeah. like Lister, <laughs> yeah. just let them cook, you know, let them do their thing. Well, Sometimes one will drop an 80 plus or a 70 plus, and then other times they might drop like a 50. But hopefully you want someone that will score anywhere between like 55 and and 85. Yeah. yeah. Like on, on any given week. And I feel like all those all those names we mentioned are, are all that sort of, you know, will have that sort of consistency, hopefully. Yeah. The thing I'll add is sort of, we think that trading high price players out could be a strat. We'll get more into the strategy stuff later, but... Defense is probably the one line that you want to steer clear of that strap because players aren't pricing themselves up enough to justify the cash grab and moving back in that position. Considering, um, yeah, taking the step back from that top 10, a lot of defenders are dropping like 30s and 20s and you don't want to be bringing any of those sorts of players in. So I think if you do have the top five or close to the top five, um, you just leave them and that's probably the one line that you just you just let stay settled for, yep. the, for the rest of the year. Totally. I do... On, on Charlotte Thomas, I'll just say I don't agree with her being there, but I had a I had her around one. She dropped her 30 on me, and then I moved her on swiftly. Um, I just think so many people had pegged her for to take another step this year. She's not, though. She hasn't yet, but the thing is, so round one was the really poor score, and that was like, that was just crazy windy, just a tackle fest, slot fest. She got, she got like... She got, what am I trying to say? She got sent to the bench with a blood rule and was there for ages. And then in the last quarter, she just didn't come back on. I don't know if they just decided to rest her um, or what. Maybe she was a bit sore. Maybe it was a cramp type thing. I don't know. But she had very, very low time on ground for that 30-odd that she scored in round one. Round two, she looked a little bit better. And she's just just been building nicely. Um, She has a monopoly on all the kick-ins for West Coast. So I think she can put her hand up to be in those, you know, in those top, in around the mark of the top five. That's that's all I'm saying. I think she's she's a pretty solid buy. Um, but I think we should move on to the midfielders. Yeah, I'm salty she let me down round one. It's yeah. true It's true about the Togs. 60 in round one and then bumped up. Um, yeah, she's nice and cheap now too. So I guess you've, you've, you've swained me yeah. with, your, with your words. All right, hit us with your mids. All right, so in the midfield, I've got Kiara Bowles at one, Jazz Garner, Ebony Marinoff, Charlie Rowbottom, Georgie Prasparkis, and then I've got an honourable mention of Anne Hatchard, number six there. Um, yeah, I mean, to me, those top five, six, if you include Hatchard, are just locks. I, like, I couldn't really see anyone else making their way in or out. Um, yeah, that's the way I see it. I've got the same <laughs> the same five and special mention to Hatchard at six. I've got slightly different order. I've still got Marinoff at two, Garner at three, 
from this point on in the season, I think we're going to see more attention into Ghana. Ha- uh, has to be. Has to be. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I guess we'll talk more player specifics a little bit later, but um, is there anyone else that you could see making their way into that into that midfield? I had, I did have Bree Davies, as I mentioned. Um, her average is sort of around the mark. I think she's probably still going to put her best foot forward. Like, I know she was great in round one, but she's had a lot more defensive attention. She got the tag this week from Lucy Single. Um, still dropped an 88 too with the tag, which is pretty impressive. So I sort of see her possibly improving. Um, I think she could maybe make her way in, but she's the only the one. The thing with Bree Davey is that she's in that conversation for like one of the stars of the competition as well. So I can see her getting more attention too. Um, over the you know for the remainder of the season, and I think that's what's going to keep her out of the top, you know, the top five. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think I think she's she's fine to have, but yeah. Again, yeah. you 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 will be getting more points by upgrading her, and I think this week's a good week because her cash gen is going to slow down. Yeah, I'm the the eighty eight with the tag impressed me, but yeah, I do agree. She's probably going to cop a lot of attention for the rest of the year. All right, let's move on to our rucks. Who have you got? I've I've got three names. One really obviously stands out. That's Ali Morfitt. She's been the best ruck to this point this year, pretty convincingly. She's been good in every game. Um, she's just dominating, to be honest. Alice Edmonds, I've got second there. Um, I think she's probably still the best the best ruck in the comp. I just, just the way that she looks, um, obviously dropped that massive score against Geelong in round one. And then I've got Schultz there at three. I don't, think she's going to be the best rock. Like, I, I don't see it that way. It's more just I've got her there because I think if you have her in your team, you just keep rolling with her indefinitely because she's putting up numbers close to the top um, and she hasn't played badly yet. But, yeah, for me, it's Morfitt one and then Edmonds is, is the second. Yep, I've also got Ali Morfitt at one. She just is outstanding. She looks really good. Her follow-up work um, is just incredible. Just reminds me of Grundy. Just awesome stuff, and I think she'll be R1 for the for the season. And I also, yeah, have special mention to Bree Moody. I think if you, if we see her go back to being predominantly in the ruck, um, she had a great game on the weekend. I think she scored 112, um, but she's still, you know, she's still splitting it with um, uh, good. Yeah. Um, with good. So, again, I don't think we're going to see her be the top ruck unless she fully, like, gets the the number one ruck role. And then also special mention to Schultz because I really do think she looks outstanding. And I, I feel like she, her ceiling is actually going to lift a little bit from where, where it's been in the 70s and 80s. I reckon she might have a couple of big scores in the tank. Yeah, she gets that nice matchup against Geelong this week as well. So I, it would not surprise me one bit if she dropped a, dropped a big one this week. Yeah. All right, forwards. All right, I've got Laura Gardner, number one. I yep. think I think that much is obvious. Then I've got Nina Morrison, Kate Hoare, Bonnie Toogood, Chloe Malloy, and special mention to Ella Roberts. Okay, I'm very, very similar. I've got, in this order, Gardner, Morrison, Hoare, Malloy, Toogood, and then a, 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 like a special mention to Paxman and Roberts. Um, yeah, Pax, so Paxman the, I'd throw in for a mention as well. Yeah. Uh, the only difference between our top five was that Malloy and Toogood were swapped. I think Malloy is still going to be good. She's copped two tags in the first three weeks, um, but she was outstanding in that game where she wasn't tagged. Still gets a, like a, a a good amount of midfield time, which Toogood doesn't get. So 
I think I think Malloy is going to be a top four forward. Yeah, you could certainly argue that Too Good has been overperforming as well with the with the contested marks, but. I just the way that she's been dominating and like she dropped a great score against Adelaide on the weekend, who are one of the better teams. So it's impressive stuff. Yeah, it it certainly is. Um, but yeah, I, I think that top five is pretty solid. Malloy averaging eighty as well, um, which is the lowest out of that group at the moment, and eighty for a forward is terrific stuff. So. Okay, we'll move on. We've got some listener questions, um, and that's going to flow into a bit of a strategy chat because I think that's that's pretty important to talk about at this point of the season. But the first listener question we got actually was, have you worked out your strategy yet? Is it continuously evolving with the price rises? That's from John at Since You've Been Gone. So The answer is yes. I guess I guess we'll talk strategy now. Cousin, yeah, what have you? Well, so the thing about the price changes just being so volatile is that you have to you have to be ultra aggressive with your trading um and and more specifically you have to basically trade into your predictions more than trading based on who was good the previous week um i'm seeing a lot of discussion about oh you know should i get rid of you know like say malloy for example because she got tagged last week and looked she looked terrible to like to be perfectly honest she looked crap and she scored zero goals for um but she has West Coast this week. So my mind is almost the opposite. If you're a non-owner, that's like, this is the perfect week to grab her because what we've seen is that players, like their price will bounce back the other way based off just one score. So it's like, it's almost like a week-to-week proposition with the with the prices. I know, I know the break-evens have impact, but you really want to be like jumping, like it really is a buy low, sell high type game and really get the cash cash gen rolling in that kind of way you know alternative cash gen we can see a bit a bit more like primo swapping um as a strategy as well i think yeah that's what that's what i was going to say the primo swapping because you see in the men's game and a lot of other fantasy games um you know whether you play fantasy basketball or any other fantasy sport you really you never want to trade your premiums out you always kind of stick fat with your premiums cop the big scores but in AFLW fantasy, because the scoring is so volatile and the prices are so volatile, it definitely is a strat to sort of let your premiums max out in price and then dr- drop them back down to other premiums. Like I've talked about personally trading Jazz Garner this week, which a lot of people will scoff at, but she's up to 1.65 mil, which is insane. And there's you know other premiums that are perfectly capable of averaging 100 plus that are 500K less, almost 600K less, some of them. So yeah, I think the strat, at least on my end, is to sort of let my players fatten up and then trade them down to make money that way, sort of an alternative cash cash gen route instead of just you know using rookies to get that cash because because the scoring and the prices are so volatile, the rookies most of the rookies aren't quite going up as much as they would in other fantasy games. It's yeah the premiums that are the, the prices are swinging around so. That's that's where I sit with it. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Like, it is such a midfield dominant game, like scoring wise, that the the midfielders can go up like heaps heaps of money in like a two week span. Whereas that's our crazy. rookies, like on our defender bench, like Bush for me has made like fifty k in three weeks, and it's like, well, she's making way less money than Bree Davy made in the first two weeks. But you just have to be really like aggressive and also be like diligent with looking at the fixtures and like like a perfect example is for me i traded brie davy in in round two 
she made like 100k for me and then I traded her out this week and it was a good prediction because she got tagged and didn't score well the only thing that kind of left me a bit flat is that Bowers didn't go as big as you'd want but again like making those predictions based on the fixture based on tags and things like that you can you can really get ahead with how the prices go and the thing that that kind of got me onto onto this thought like straight away is that in round two the biggest mistake I made was that I had I had money to spend on a primo mid and Prisparkus was the top scorer in round one. I was like, man, she looked phenomenal. She looked so good. I was aware of the fact that her score was like pretty inflated because the dogs were terrible and we, it was the highest scoring fantasy game we've ever seen in round one. Um, but I was just so keen on Prisparkus. But Rowbottom was the other option that I had. And I was like, no, nah, I'm just going to pay up. I just liked how Prisparkus looked. And that next week, Prisparkus drops an 89 with a tag. And Rowbottom goes 144. And then, and then a week later, their price is exactly the same. So I could have gone the cheaper option. I would have had more points. I would have made myself 200K in cash gen. Um, yeah. And like just that, so that straight away was like, oh, you just have to predict the next week rather than looking at the previous week. You know who the gun players are. You know they're capable of scoring. You just got to look at the fixture a bit more. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, predicting predicting scores and also not being gun shy with your trades, you're going to have to commit and... Yeah, yeah. There's going to be times where you've got to get rid of primos and just make the most of it, sort of thing. Cool. All right. Next question from William at Blocky two five six two, and it's thoughts on Benici and Swanson to Ghana and a three hundred k, then bring T Smith on field. So Benici and Swanson to Ghana and a three hundred k bench player fielding T Smith. I'm going to say no because I think Garner is far too expensive to, to get now and Benici and Swanson Swanson's kind of bottoming out and those two sh- should well Benici's going in the right direction but Swanson should start soon going up it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to be moving them on to grab like a maxed out primo who's going to start dipping yeah it's a tricky one because I ah, uh, it's a tough one I think Swanson is okay to trade, but she also has two nice games coming up. So you might as well hold considering she's dropped like 150K. I reckon you just ride it out for a couple more weeks. She could she could easily outscore Ghana this week. You just... Um, who do they play again? West Coast play Sydney. They play Sydney this week. So Swanson could easily go, you know, 110, 115, 120 even. And... Ghana might get tagged to like a 105 or a 100 flat or something like that. So, uh, but that being said, I don't mind. I don't mind the idea of the the Tiana Smith restructure and getting her on field. I think I saw enough from her. She looked really good. So I don't mind it, but I wouldn't be paying that much for Ghana. Yeah. So I, a half ticket off. I agree. The Smith restructure is something that I'm looking at this week, but yeah, exact same. Ghana's, Ghana's far too expensive at the moment. Cool. Next question from Waza at Haybro Hoods. We've we've already covered this. It's thoughts on top five def. We, we've already run through our top five in each position. Hit us with it quickly. Uh, my top five is shebang. I've got to find it now. <laughs> uh, Hannah Priest, Tani Evans, Daisy Darcy, Emma Carney, Nicole Bresnahan. Yep. Love it. That's mine. Um, all right. Next question from Leo Beveridge at Leo Beveridge. One, will Bonnie Toogood and Sarah Rowe be top five forwards? Well, we also sort of talked about this, didn't we? Um, yeah, I think too good, too good, probably. Yeah, she's she's been scoring so well. Um, I would say that she's probably overpriced where she's at. What she's like one point one mil now. 
yeah, just so quite a lot to pay. Bit over one point one mil. Yeah. I, I agree, it's a bit too expensive. Um, but maybe, maybe you square it away. As it depends who you're trading to, a tra- sorry, trading from. Um, and Roe, I don't mind Roe. I think she's also on the expensive side for what you can expect her output to be. Yeah, but I think she'll be in the mix for top five forwards as well. I don't personally. I don't love Roe's role. I it, it it's fine, but. Um, generally you see those outside roles not as conducive to scoring. I think she'll probably be around the mark, but not someone that I would think, yeah, for sure she's going to be top five. Yeah, she might have a couple of lower scoring games, but I think generally we've seen that Collingwood are a fairly high scoring team and she gets sort of amongst it. She tackles pretty well for a winger as well. So I don't know. Yeah, I think she'll be in the mix. Yeah. All right, next question is from Keebs at the Super Subs AFL. <laughs> and it's, will you let your favorite cousin drive the Corolla? Absolutely, I will. Yes. Fantastic, mate. Fantastic. Yes, I will. All right, I'm happy about that. Chuffed. I'll, <laughs> I'll be flat if you get it and I don't get to don't get to have a little test drive, mate. Yeah, we'll, have a, we'll go for a joyride. See how it feels to be a champ. <laughs> All right, we've, we've sort of trawled through t- Twitter. That was the end of our listener questions. And we found... A few more questions that we kind of wanted to address on the pod that we, we thought were relevant. So there's one here. Is Ghana the best set and forget captain this season or could you justify trading out Bowers? Oh, sorry. And could you justify trading out Bowers? No, definitely not. Yeah, um, I would say Bowers is, is the one. Bowers is M1 for sure. She had a down... In fact, I, I just want to address Bowers' concerns that I'm seeing generally. I, I'm frustrated that I picked her up this week for a 104 um, but again, she had she had only eight tackles, which is I think the first time she's had single digit tackles in over a season, and I think she's only ever had three single digit tackle games in like three seasons or something wild like that. Ridiculous. She's just Ridiculous. an absolute beast. But I watched her very very closely, and that game was just fast. The yeah. ball was just pinging around. It was a lot more open than a, a lot of AFLW games. Yeah, Hawks were just like just trying to move it fast. They look like they were trying to play like Brisbane. Um, and the thing is, we saw in round one and round two, Fremantle set the record, or they were involved in the record for most tackles in AFLW game, two rounds in a row. So they set the record in round one, and then they matched it again in round two. Without Bowers in round one as well. Exactly. So I think, I don't know, it was just... An anomaly, if anything. And she still scored 104. And the other thing is, she still had the most tackles for Frio. So, uh, I wouldn't be trading her out considering she's already dipped this much. Like, you might see her go 150 this week and you'll want her straight back. Um, so, I I wouldn't be trading her to Ghana. And the other thing is, I, I don't think, yeah, there's any concern about the knee. She played 97% time on ground. I saw her do some efforts where she was running fast. She was she was outrunning all her opponents. She's she's a beast, mate. She's so good. Yeah, yeah. For me, Bowers is the best set and forget captain option yeah. this year. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you can't justify trading her out. You you basically ticked all the boxes there. Um, yeah, I think she's the one player that I just would keep in my team all year long. The other primos like Ghana, I think has sort of been overperforming. She'll come back down to earth, but Bowers is the one that will that will really start ramping up. Cool. Uh, another question here. Why did Bowers have low tackle numbers for her standards? I guess we kind of covered that as well. It was just a fast, fast-paced game. Yep. Um, and the last one is Gardner a captaincy option against the Eagles this week? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Man, the fact that she had 41 disposals against Brisbane is so impressive. 
She has pig tendencies. She is so good. I love Laura Gardner. Um, I think she holds the the VFL W record as well for most disposals at 49. She's just an absolute ball-winning machine. Um, And the West Coast Eagles are an absolute rabble. It hurts me to say we're both West Coast fans, but... Yeah, look, (laughs) it's it's painful to watch, man. It's a bad year for for West Coast. (laughs) It's a bad year for WA, to be honest. Wooden spoon in both, both, (laughs) both formats. It's rough. But yeah, um, I think I think Laura Gardner is an excellent option. I'm currently running with a red dot ruck, so I'm going to VC Laura Gardner. For those of you playing at home who don't know what a VC is, basically, um, if you have a non-playing player on your bench, um, you can use your vice-captaincy score on someone who plays early on in the week or basically who plays before your red dot player, your non-playing player, um, and if they score a a score that you like, you basically put the non-playing player on your field, put the captaincy on that person, and then the VC score doubles instead. Essentially, you get two shots at a captain. So this week, I'm going to be VCing Laura Gardner into Bowers. Yeah, was was going to say, if you've got Bowers, I think Gardner's a VC, um, if, if you've got a loophole option, and, and Bowers still the C. But certainly, if you don't have Bowers, Gardner's probably the player I'd be looking at giving the, the armband to this week. Cool. All right, that's the end of our listener questions and Knights of the Round table chat. We will move on to fantasy stocks. All right, fantasy stocks. Essentially, what we're doing with this segment is you've got to imagine that it's the stock market. We're going to list off players and discuss whether we would buy, hold, or sell their stocks Basically, if we want them in our team or if we don't want them in our team, it's just an excuse to talk about players. A big list, a big list of players. Yeah. So I've got their price and also their average next to their name. I'll run through the list. Jados, first one is Mia King. She's priced at 1.054 mil and it is averaging 94 on the season at the moment. Um, No, <laughs> I'm saying no. Uh, she had an awesome game. She, she lay up. A lot of tackles. I can't remember how many it was. It was like 13 or something. Yeah, 12 or 13. Um, but no is the answer. Jenna Bruton is due back in maybe one or two weeks, who we know is a CBA midfielder for North Melbourne. Um, so again, I think it's just, it was a good game and that's it. Yeah, it's a sell It's a sell for me as well. I think Garner and Riddell are the two big dogs there and I can't really see her form continuing. All right, next one is Emma Carney at 848K. She's averaging 69 on the season. We both had her in our in our top defense. Yeah, I think it's pretty obviously a hold based on that. Um she yeah, she's she's gonna be top five. I think she's old, man. <laughs> she We've been just, referring to her as Gran off air. Because she she, is, look, she does look a bit like our grandmom. Like the, <laughs> With all due respect to Emma, yeah, all due, with all she, due respect, I think I think her face is like a bit beat up at the moment. She she had a black eye the last two weeks. Jeez, yeah, all right, <laughs> bit harsh on Grand there, mate. Grand, yeah, sorry, Grand, but no, I'm saying hold though. I like her still. I think she's top five. She's already lost too much money that I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't go sidewaysing her to like Daisy Darcy. There's not there's not too much to gain in doing that, and it costs. Does it cost money? I think it might cost a little bit now. Yeah, minimal. Um, it's a hold. It's a hold for me as well. Yeah. Buy, 
I don't think she's quite showing enough to really be interested in buying. But I mean, if you're shopping for a defender, you need one. You know what you're going to get from her. She's solid. Exactly. I don't think she's day one this year, but she's she's top five. Yep. Uh, next one is Jazz Garner, 1.64 mil. We've talked about her a lot. She's averaging 143, which is insane. Um, but in terms of buying, holding, and selling, for me, <laughs> it's a sell. It's interesting, isn't it? There's so there's so so much talk about Garner being a must-have and like chasing her. And you know, being set and forget captain, but I think we're both we're both in team. Like you can sell. I think you're actually doing it right. That's your trade plan. Yeah, as you're going to fully restructure your team based yeah. on the money that she's got on her head. Yeah. So the money I can get from from downgrading her, I can fix F four. Oh, sorry, F five and D five. Um, and also my bench yeah. by by shuffling the player that is now my F five onto my bench. So the fact that it's sort of a three for one make means it makes sense for me and. She's not going to keep averaging 140. I wouldn't have thought. Like they play Brisbane this week. She's going to get a tag. Brisbane are one of the hardest teams to score in for mids. Uh, next week they play the Giants. I know she's not a great tagger, but she could get a listed tag. It's probably going to influence her scoring slightly. Maybe I just think a little bit. <laughs> I think I just think now's the time to jump off. So she's a sell for me. I don't. Yeah, I, I'm keen to hold her just because I, I she's in the top five, and I'll just if she drops in price, maybe 200k. That's fine. I'll wear that. I'll just hold her for the rest of the year. But I do, I do like the idea of trading her down to say, say if you're a Marinoff non-owner, you get someone else who's a top five mid, and you you pocket what more than two hundred k in the process, or about two hundred k. Yeah, slightly over two hundred k, I think. Or um, if you go to Hatchard, three hundred k. That's a lot of money for for, me, for, a, for a primo swap. Yeah, for me, Noffy is. <sighs> It's possibly not enough. Again, it depends what you can do with it, but I'd be more interested in guys that are sort of really low price, like Matty Prasparkus or Mon Conti or like, you know, make yourself 500K and then you can really restructure or put that into someone else. But it, de- well, it depends on your issues. Like if you it, have, it, it, if yeah, you have genuine, if you have list of issues, then maybe that's, that's what you need to do. But yeah, it's it's team dependent, but I think we're both saying that you can sell. Yes, like yes. Now would be the time. To- it's situational, but yes. Yeah. Okay. Next player is Ash Riddell. She's one point three four four mil. Currently averaging one hundred and eleven point seven, which is it's impressive, fantastic. That has her in the top five mids at the moment. You've actually got her in your team. I've got her in my team, and she's in my trader out plans this week. So I'm gonna say ugh, it's it's low priority. It's not. Like you can hold her and she'll be satisfactory for the rest of your season. But also, that one fifty one was just—I feel like that was an out of the box. So type out of score. the box, just came. Yeah, I she's she's not usually a big tackler. Like she, they all get tackles. They all get a couple of tackles. Those inside midfielders um, in the women's game. But she had ten tackles that day, and they absolutely destroyed. Carlton's midfield that day. Like I watched it and it was I was it was joyful. It took me all the way to rank two. It was one of the best days of fantasy in my life. <laughs> but yeah, Ash Riddell, so the reason you can jump off her is because they have Brisbane this week who are quite easily the toughest team to score on. Um so and also, yeah, her break even is high. So if anything, she's she's maxed out in price. She's got a tough matchup. So if you're holding her, I guess you're holding her for more than this week. Like you're going, okay, I'm going to hold her for... Yeah, you're going to commit to having her in your team for You're a committing while. because this is the week to jump off if you're going to do it. She's at top dollar. You can... Like Bowers, if you're a non-owner, is is well within reach. So I, I think it's a sell. 
yeah, very, very, very close to being within reach. Again, with these primos, I guess it's all kind of what you can do, what you can do with it. But yeah, it's a good time to sell Riddell. Okay, Amy McDonald at 1.19 million. She's currently averaging 95. I know that you're somewhat keen on her as an option this week. She's- yeah, I like it just because I, I think she's she's cheap. For I mean, she's a proven performer for like a number of seasons. So you know what you're going to get from her. And she's not going to be in the top five. But again, we talked about the strategy. The, these players, you might just ride for one to two weeks based on matchup. And she has a North... Um, sorry, not North. What am I saying? Port Adelaide this week. Um, so I think, I think if you, if you can't afford someone expensive, she might be, she might be a good like stepping stone or again, she could be someone that you downgrade to to pocket some cash. Really flies under the radar as an option as well. Like she's only a 9% of teams. So she's a, she's a big buy for me. If she's someone that you're keen on. Next player is Aaron Hall at 431k. She's averaging 38. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Jump off. <laughs> Are you okay, cousin? You look like you're dying. I am. <laughs> We might have to take a pause here. All right, we're back. I've I've blown my nose. That was the big that was the big problem. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just wanted to touch on Hor as well. The, I guess the reason I listed her is because she's just been a terrible rookie um, and just hasn't at all done what we thought. After the first game against the Dogs, I really thought she could be you know a solid like fifty plus average, but thirty eight is terrible. Um, yeah, just super disappointing. So if you've got Hor, I think jump off as soon as you can because her cash gen's probably finished. Right, next player is Mon Conti. She is 1.148 mil. She's currently averaging 93. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of like well, obviously I'm a huge fan of Mon Conti, but not as a fantasy option. I don't I don't know, but just based on what I've seen with my eyes, she doesn't like to tackle too much. And I just don't I don't think she's going to have any like absolutely enormous scores as a result. So you're selling. Um if I was an owner, yeah, I probably would jump off. But it's funny because I'm buying Mon Conti stock. I know you're really keen on this. We talked about it off air, but she <sighs> she just she smashes the eye test. She did cop a tag. I know it wasn't the hardest tag in the world, but it definitely did influence her scoring because for at least half the game, Lister was you know sort of hanging off her. Um, but Conti's just a beast, man. The way that she moves around, like she's just so clean with it. I think. Maybe not the sort of 150 plus ceiling scores that you're keen on, but I, I definitely think she will show a bit of a ceiling. And for me, it's only up from here. Like 93 is an okay average, but I think she's going to put some points on it. And she was one of the players that I was sort of looking at bringing in for Ghana. So I just, I, I, I think she's, I think she's one of the best players in the league and the fantasy points are going to come. Yeah. See, I, she's still young. That's the thing as well. Like, She's only 24, so, it, you know, she's not like 33 and or 30 like a lot of the other better mids are and there's no progression. Like, she could easily take another step and I think she's doing that as far as the eye test, so. Yeah, so, okay, so you talk about her smashing the eye test. I mean, she's an incredible player, one of the best in the competition and I think that's why she's going to keep getting tagged. Like, I think she's going to constantly get attention. I don't, I don't know. I just can't see her just flying under the radar. She's not, she's not that kind of player. So I don't know. I just I if it was me, I would prefer Amy McDonald. But what's the difference in their price? About a hundred k. Oh, sorry, no, about fifty k. Um, but yeah, you look at you look at Conti's run, and it's quite nice. They play Carlton, then Fremantle, then Gold Coast. <laughs> 
So she's probably going to get the single tag three weeks, but she should be good this so week. So it would be a two-week play because I'd, I yeah, 100% it, single's going to tag yeah, her. Yeah, it would be. But I think that I think you can do that sort of stuff in this game, to be honest. it's Yeah, for me, it's a buy if you were to sell. We'll move on. Annalise Lister, 514K. Sell. Yeah. Sell. Sell. Doesn't matter what her price is. Sell her. Sell, 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 sell. Maddie Prasparkas, she's 1.216 mil. She's averaging 99.3. Where do you sit with it? Yeah, she's just not... She's not going to... Maybe as a stepping stone if she has a good... I, I don't know what her draw is, but it's not even one that I've really considered. I don't know. For me, I think she could sort of get up towards that bottom end of the top five mids. Um, you know, if she hits if she hits a good patch. I think she's she's one of the one of the cheaper premium mids that you could look at bringing in if you're a bit cash-strapped. Um and I think she could possibly be an option for like a downgrade from someone like Ghana if you're if you're really looking to take a risk. So for me, it's a I won't say buy, but I guess it's a perspective buy. <laughs> All right, consider. Yeah, next player is Chelsea Randall, seven ninety eight k. She's averaging fifty eight. Oh, she's getting so cheap. Um, not until you see something, but yeah, she's on she's on the watch list for sure. Yeah, it's the same for me. I think you could go early on her. I just like it's just the role, though, man. Like yeah. she's spent some time in defense already, and it, she could she could at any point for the rest of the season. It's been inconsistent, but you're looking at the highest averaging forward from last year. Like I don't think she's going to keep posting these bad scores. I would say she's going to start finding form sooner or later. And the price she's at now, I reckon you could just take the plunge because. It's not much further down if she does keep dropping average scores. Um, and yeah, like I said, I think she's just going straight up. <clears throat> All right. All right. Next one is Anne Hatchard at 1.323 mil, currently averaging 110. I love it. I think Hatchard is a proven performer. She's going to really push for the top five mids. She's been in the top five mids like a handful of times. Um, she, You know what you're going to get from her. She's consistent. She's just a gun. She's a beast. Agree. I do think she's going to get tagged this week, though. They play the Giants. I, I reckon Lister... We sort of had a chat off air. Do you reckon she's just going to mince Lister if she does go to her? But I think so. And it, I, it will somewhat impact her scoring, though, if she does have a player hanging off her. I think... and Based on form and just game impact over the first three weeks, I think they would go to her before they go to Noffy, to be honest. I think the opposite. Well, I think... Noffy. I think Noffy... Yeah, I don't know. I th- I feel like Lister is is a better matchup against Noffy than Hatchard, just because Hatchard is just an elite runner. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's just how I see it. She's a bit got a bit more of an outside game than Noffy, whereas Noffy is just an inside like tackler. If Noffy gets tagged, I'll be upset. Yeah, well, you would be. <laughs> the, okay, here's the here's I, the I'd... other flag on Hatchard. Just quickly, yeah. Though. Okay, they play the Suns the week after, and Single is definitely going to tag one of them. Yeah, so and it, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to be the sucker that owns Hatchard if single goes to Hatchard. Yeah, single's a beast. She's she's done an incredible job. Let's just quickly recap it. So she she tagged Mimi Hill in round one to like a seventy odd. Clamped her. Yep. Round two, who did she tag? Swanson. Swanson. Swanson to an eighty three. Uh, who junked it to yeah, get to eighty three? Yeah, she, she moved to half back and had like a thirty five point last quarter to get to her eighty three. Yes. Yeah, she was going to drop a sixty, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. You, you nailed it. Um, and then Bree Davey, who she kept to five disposals at half time, 
and they had to move Brie Davey forward because Single was doing such a good job on her. Yeah, Davey got going, but it looked like she was going to drop a stinker. Single was just a, just a bit. She's a good tagger. Yeah, she's, so she's fast becoming one of my favorite players. Just just quickly, there's there's your flag on Hatchard. She, it's it's tough with Adelaide because they have two players that you that are tagged targets, and you just never know what a coach is gonna decide to do. But it's it's always one of those things that is at the back of your mind. Like if she does cop the single tag, you're gonna be so upset. Yeah, imagine you pick you pick her or or even Noffy up, and they get tagged in back to back weeks. Just wouldn't be nice. All right. Next player is Katie Lynch at 710K. Currently averaging 57.3, but did have a bump in scoring this week with the Dogs defenders missing. I think it's a buy. That's where I sit with it. But it's, yeah. I'm a hesitant buy on it as well. I don't know too much about Katie Lynch. I've I've been aggressively researching just everything AFLW related and, and cluing myself in on players. Katie Lynch is still one. I mean, she was she was in the top top couple of defenders for last year. She was priced as a top five defender. Um, but from my understanding, she's, she's a bit more of a key position defender. Um, and she doesn't take too many kick-ins. So if it was me, I, I'm more keen on some other cheap defenders. But Again, it wouldn't surprise me if she's if she's solid. Yeah, average sixty two last year, which is solid. Um, yeah, I think it's just a sort of wait and see with the team sheets. Yeah, buy, but uh, yeah, she's cheap now. She's a lot cheaper than most of the other primo defenders. So, All right, next one. I know you're keen to talk about Christy Stratton at six eighty six k. She's currently averaging sixty six. Has seen just an inside mid roll over the last few weeks. Yeah, for two weeks she's had CBAs. Um. And she's looked pretty good doing it. She's a great tackler. I watched, I actually went back and watched it after I saw the score because I wasn't watching her too closely live. Um, but I was really, really just interested in her at the price. And I think, I'm cautious, but I think at her price and where her break even would be at, I think it's relatively low risk to tr- to like take a punt on her and then you can trade her out after a week if she fails and she will have still made money. Like she's basically guaranteed to make money unless she drops like an absolutely dirty score, which I can't see her doing with a CBA role. Yeah, she's she's someone that I would look to upgrade to, but not someone that I'd, I'd downgrade to, if that makes sense. Like you, you sort of create risk by bringing her in from like a premium if you're trying to make money. But if you're cash strapped and you're looking for a cheap forward, then I think she's she could be the way to it go. Could be, it could be, a, yeah, could be a target. I, I, yeah, it's tough. She looks a little bit like, this is going to sound harsh, but she looks a little bit like unfit. Not. Wow. She just was, she just looked gassed. Like I know that was a pretty uncontested game. There's a lot of running, but she just she looks so tired. <laughs> um, so yeah, she struggled to keep up a little bit, and her time on ground is relatively low. She's she hovers like around like the low seventies, mid seventies. You would it would be nice if it was a bit higher, but yeah, I think I think at a price, you, yeah, you could you yeah, could do worse. Yeah, it's low risk. It's low risk to go up there. All right, next one we have is Bowers. I think we both it's buy and hold if you've got a. Um, Angelique Stannett, 860K, averaging 76.3. We briefly touched on her. Neither of us have her in our top five defenders or even really in the mentions. I think the forward role, even though she's been scoring well, is just a bit too inconsistent for, for me. So she's a sell at her price and also, yeah, just not someone that I'd look at grabbing. Hold or sell, I would say. 
Yeah, next player we've got is Tiana Smith at 682K. Currently averaging 66.3, but she's played two good back-to-back games. Yeah, buy or hold for me. I think that's pretty pretty easy one. Yeah, I'm actually looking to bring her in this bring week. Bring her back, yeah. In my, in, my, in my crazy trades. I dumped her after round one, man. I just... The 29, she just didn't pass the eye test. I was concerned. And then she's gone bang, bang. So, yeah, flat. Picking her up at like... It's 370k more than what I traded her for. <laughs> oh, that's rough. It is rough. All right, next one is Abby Darrick, 915k, averaging 76.3. I know you started with her. Wait, did you start with her? I did. Yeah, okay. yeah I started with Darrick. <laughs> Had to check myself for a second. <laughs> yeah, I jumped off her in like after round one, off an 87, which... Was just based on how she looked, man. She had a huge last quarter. I think she had like a forty something point last quarter to get to that eighty seven. But I just didn't like how she looked. She's a good player, man. She's she's a fantastic player, but she doesn't get too much outside ball. As well as the fact that Port Adelaide are just not that good. So she, I, I don't know. I don't think she's going to be a premium. Yeah, she's somewhere in between. If you did grab her, you'd want to move on quickly. Um, yeah, she's probably not one for me, but she did smash the eye test this week. She looked great. She this looked week. good. She's a good player. She is a good player, but I don't think she's going to be consistent at all. Yeah. All right. Next one is Erin Phillips at eight seventy four k. Currently averaging seventy four point seven, but as we discussed, she does not pass the eye test, and scoring is extremely volatile. Yeah. So Phillips is an interesting one because she is getting CBAs. But I'm I'm massively concerned about her scoring potential. Um, she is slow, and a contributing factor to that slowness is the fact that she does not try at all to apply pressure. She's probably has the least tackle attempts of any CBA mid in the competition. She just she hangs around the pack waiting for it to spill out, and then she might throw it on the boot or feed it out. But she she just doesn't try to tackle, yeah, and that's a massive concern for me, and and Port Adelaide are bad as well. So I reckon like that fifty five that we saw in round two, we might see a couple more fifties. So if you can move her on, I would definitely do it. Yeah, this might sound harsh, but for me, I think she's a huge liability in Port's midfield mix, just because, like you said, she just doesn't apply defensive pressure, and in the AFLW, which is such a tackle heavy game having an inside mid that's getting one tackle two tackles not really applying much defensive pressure like there was one effort on the weekend where she really went hard at the end of the game but until then like until it it tightened up she just didn't didn't care to tackle at all um yeah i just if if you've got her she's a huge sell huge sell well that she's in there because she is still a star player or she has she's been a star of the competition for a long time she still gets like solid clearance numbers yeah like she, she, wins, she does but well, i wouldn't say wins the ball but it spills to her a fair amount and <laughs> she gets clearances she just doesn't offer anything the other way yeah i'm concerned for her fantasy wise so she saved that score to get to a 71 but she was stuck on 49 for a long time at least until halfway through the last quarter and i was like oh no she's gonna drop back to back 50s she kicked a goal, her first goal as a Port Adelaide player. So I don't, I don't think you can expect that on a week to week basis. Yeah, I, I think the average is going to come down a little bit from where it is now, and I don't see her in the yeah. in the top five. She spent the whole third quarter as a forward as well. Yeah. so there's that's an extra flag. Port is is not a good team either, so it could be a big problem for yeah. for her if she spends time forward. All right, next one is Emma Swanson, one point one six five mil. She's averaging ninety four point seven for me. 
It's a sell. See, I, I, I did sell her last week. I don't see where the improvement's coming from. We've seen a few weeks of her now. I think she's just regressed as a player, to be honest. The regression is the fact that West Coast are that bad. It's true. It's, it's hard to watch. But this this one, I think, could be all three categories. Yeah. She hard. could almost be it's a hard, buy. Isn't it? She she really could be because she hasn't she has an easy draw for the next two weeks. She's a proven performer in yeah, the past. But- just to she, jump in. And she's cheap. She had a, an easy draw on the weekend. And what, she's got 97? Yeah. It's just it's not, not too bad. From a she was looking it's not good. too bad. She was looking good. <laughs> yeah. I know, she could have dropped a 130. I know, I know. But she didn't. So it's hard to explain. She I really stopped scoring. Yeah, she did. Um, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be buying her. I wouldn't recommend to buy her. But she she's almost getting into, the, into that territory where she could be. Um, for me, she's a hold. I'm holding her. All right, we've got a few more left. Harriet Cordner at 770K. She's currently averaging 72.7. For me, it's a sell. I think she's just maxed out or close to maxed out. And there's possibly other defenders I'd want to bring in more, but she's been great and she's probably going to continue to be great. I just don't think she's quite in that top five. She'll be up and down. She's a key position player. She likes to tackle though, so she is, she's better than your average key position player. But I would look to sell in the next one to two weeks. Yeah, she dropped in a 90 last week, which is phenomenal, but... Yeah. Yeah, I just I don't, I don't think she's going to be in that in that top mix. All right, next one is Charlotte Thomas, six eighty three k, currently averaging fifty four. We've already talked about her, so we don't need to say too much. Yeah, she's in my trade in plans, so I'm saying she's a buy. Yeah, you've you've swayed me from a sell to a buy. I'm a buy now as well, <laughs> as much as it hurts me to say. All right, next one is Bree Davy, one point one nine six. Also, we've discussed her. I think she's a hold. I wouldn't I wouldn't call her a buy, but I wouldn't call her nah. a sell either. Uh, you definitely can sell if you if like if that's your Ticket to get to Bowers, yeah. You can upgrade her, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It, if you're looking to go up, you could. All right, two more. Lucy Single at 825K, currently averaging 74.7. I wanted to talk about her because she's been an absolute stud for the first few weeks. She's a good player. I really like her, but I think, well, she's not a buy because she's gone up just way too much. Um, she, she's definitely a hold for me and a kudos if you started with her because she was so cheap and she's been terrific. Yep. All yeah. Right. Last one is Chloe Malloy at 979K, currently averaging 80. We've also sort of discussed her in our top five chat. Um, she's a buy for me. She's a buy as well. Yep. Sweet. That wraps up fantasy stocks, but we should, I guess we should say that segment is not going to stretch out as much as it did this week. <laughs> in weeks to come, we just thought we'd be thorough for the sake of what? Well, it just made sense because it's our first episode. I guess we wanted to fit in as many players as we could. So yeah, there's. I mean, there's lots to talk about. Hopefully, it's interesting chat. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I hope so. I, I guess in a way, we're kind of doing like a mini pre-season. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of almost just, is. Hey, just everything relevant to this point, we're just quickly, quickly discussing. But yeah, that segment will definitely <laughs> condense in weeks to come. Yeah, I guess because it's almost like three weeks worth of discussion up until this point as well. That was sort of back-referencing a little bit. Yeah, yeah, more or less. But yeah, anyway, we're going to move on to the Cousins Crystal Ball. (laughs) Professor Filoni. He will return tonight. Sorry? Okay, it's time for the goofy parts of the pod. The Cousins Crystal Ball, it's where we gaze into the Crystal Ball, Professor Trelawney styles from Harry Potter, and we just... We discover the site. The site calls back to us and we make predictions for the upcoming week or for the rest of the season, whatever whatever feels right at the time. Um, and then at the end of the season, we compare who's got the most right. But 
the 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 cousins men's AFL fantasy game listeners will know what it's all about, and uh, it's just it's a part of the pod that I look forward to. To be honest, it's getting, good fun getting into the goofiness. So, cousin, what have you got this week? What is your well, cousin's crystal ball? I'm, I'm kicking us off with two predictions. If, if that's allowed. I've got two as well. So. Okay, great. Well, considering we're three weeks in, you've got to kind of make up for it a little bit. Yeah. So, first prediction. Bowers to be the top scoring player this week out of everyone. <laughs> oh, nah. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. You've got to give that to me. She, I just can't. She averaged eight more than the next highest last season. She's so good, man. Yeah, but to be the highest scoring player on any given week is still a hard thing. Not for Bowers. Not for, coming off coming off like a relatively poor game by her standards as well. She's probably going to score a one sixty this week. I think I think Garner's going to have a bad game too, so that kind of influences it. So it's like I, don't, I just, you got it. All right, you've got to give it by like a set amount. You've got to say by like ten points or something. <sighs> Is five enough? No, nah. mate. Noffy might drop a one fifty this week. She might get tagged by Lister. Lister's Lister's shit. You said you said that you think Lister will tag her, huh? Yeah, but I think Garner's going to get matters. tagged. I can't give it to you. I'm sorry, it's not enough <sighs> by ten points. Ten, yeah, I'll, I'll Bowers give you, by ten. I'll give you ten. ten ten's big. <sighs> That's such a bold prediction. That's probably the boldest we've ever gone. It's definitely not. It is. There's no way but for a player to be the top scoring player by ten points. Yeah, but it's a different. Literally, game. all it takes is anyone having a big game. Yeah, it's a different game. Th- Think about, I think there's been three 150 scores this year, two 140s as well, or maybe a couple more, but Bowers, she scored a 180 last year, man. She's essentially the Tom Rockliffe of AFLW, just like an absolute fantasy animal who just beats everyone comprehensively, like almost every week. But what about Laura Gardner? She's going to have to outscore Laura Gardner by 10 against West Coast. All right, I'll tell you You what. see what I mean? Yeah. Like, look, I think, it just yeah. takes one. What about Prasparkas against... Um, Port no. Adelaide this week. No. She I'll, might drop a one fifty as well. I'll give you seven. How about that? Deal. Yeah. All right. Deal. Deal. Bowers has to outscore everyone in the competition by seven this week, and I get a point. All right. I'll, I'll do mine, my yeah. first one, and then you can do right, your go. second one. All right. So I've got Garner goes sub one hundred this week. Jazz Jazz Garner <laughs> under a hundred. Ah. Uh, all right. I'll give it to you. She's I'll having hundred hundred yes. forty three. Yeah, yeah. That's so. bold. That's bold. All right, that, that's my first one. Done. That was quick. No, normally, f- f- I guess for context, it does. It can take us a long time. There's a to bit of back and forth to, <laughs> to barter over these. Oh, you, you, we're gonna have to take a timeout, cousin. Okay, we can we can because take a the reason is my second prediction is also a Ghana to go under a certain score prediction. <laughs> so give me a second to think of another prediction. All right, well just just before we do take the timeout, what was the number that you had? I said one fifteen. Oh, so I've I've just come and absolutely swooped that from you. Yeah, you have, oh. but that's bold. It's bold. So all right, we'll take a tea. We'll take a tea. All right, we're back, and my second prediction is Charlie Rowbottom. To bounce back with a 130 plus. 130 plus. That's bold. Come against on. The dogs. Yeah, yeah, I'll, gi- I'll give you 130 plus. It's bold, it's bold enough. It's not your boldest prediction, but it's on there. It's it's bold enough. It's enough, yeah. You've, you, yeah, you've, you've snuck over the line with that I think, one. I think she's only scored over that once in her career. Maybe twice. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. I'll give you my second one, and it's that. Matilda Schultz scores a career high, and that career high is eighty-five plus this week. 
Currently, our career high is eighty-two. Okay, so I'm saying eighty-five plus for Schultz. It's 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 a career high, and it's it's yeah. a pretty big score. Short so. career though. <laughs> hey, it's still the best. Oh. She's the beast. I'll give you eighty-seven. All right, I'll take it. So it has to be above eighty-seven. So eighty-eight. Oh no, nah. eighty-seven plus. No, plus sure. eighty-seven. <laughs> what do I you want, mean? I will fight for this one point. I tell you to what, the death. If she gets, if she gets eighty-seven, I want a half point for it. All right, deal. All right, done. <laughs> we'll, what if she scores eighty-eight? Do, I get, I get a full point. No, I get a full point. What? I made, oh yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I made the prediction, mate. Yes. My, well, that was a moment of genuine confusion on my behalf. Let's pretend that never happened. Co- comedy. All right, we will. <laughs> we will move on from the cousins' crystal ball into our final segment for the night, and it is fantasy proverbs. Fantasy proverbs. Okay, it's time for fantasy proverbs, and in fantasy proverbs. We're here to bring you a quote or, you know, anything. A proverb. A pro- yeah, a proverb, exactly. <laughs> Just Lyrics from a song. Yeah, maybe it lyrics. Could be anything, something that stands Poetry. out to us. But we're bringing you some wisdom to take with you into your week and into the fantasy weekend. Just some advice. So hold on to these words, listeners. My quote is from John C. Maxwell. <laughs> I thought you were going to say John Cena. I'm sorry No Sorry If you're proactive You're focused on preparing If you're reactive You're focused on repairing Stunned I've stunned him (laughs) Silence I didn't know I didn't know you wanted me to talk So if you're focused (laughs) You're preparing If you're reactive You're repairing yeah. And it's it's self-explanatory, right? I've been banging on about it all episode. AFLW Fantasy is all about trading into your predictions, being bold, being proactive rather than reactive. And I think that's the message that I would just want to instill to everyone and just leave you all with today. Love it. Terrific. Terrific stuff. It was a good message. I didn't realize that you wanted me to respond. You, you literally, it was the blankest look I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I was waiting. There was nothing going on in your head. There wasn't. I was waiting for you to continue. I don't even, I wasn't thinking about anything. You gave me, you gave me just I was eyes, sad puppy eyes. I was stunned. All right, I'll do my proverb and it's from Deepak Chopra and it's this. Relinquish your attachment to the known. Step into the unknown and you will step into the field of all possibilities. Now, this is in reference to AFLW Fantasy, at least the official version, being a brand new game. You have to play like it's a brand new game. You can't strategize based on the way you play men's fantasy or any other fantasy game. You have to strategize like it's something that has never been done before. You have to embrace the unknown, make your own way, and that will carry you to hat territory, car territory, prize gift voucher territory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, em- store credit. Yeah, em- embrace the unknown. That's what it's all about. I love it. I love it. Wow, we've had two just inspiring quotes, haven't we? Normally, we get very, very goofy with it. Yeah, but today it just feels like I don't know. It's a new it's, season. It's yeah. a fresh start. It feels like a time to be inspired. It's the start of a new chapter. Maybe, maybe the silliness is just because we had such terrible seasons in men's fantasy that it just... We just let it We just let We it became go. jokes. 
you know, <laughs> that's, that that embodies Clowns. the tone the tone of our men's podcast for the season. I think but season twenty twenty three. But it's serious for the AFLW because yeah. it's going well. Yeah. So you you yeah you'll start to notice when our proverbs get a bit goofier that we our teams are maybe slipping. Yep. <laughs> hopefully that doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. All right. Thanks for tuning in for everyone who's made it this far. We appreciate you guys listening. Um, follow us on Twitter at cousins underscore no on twitter oh the cousins <laughs> pod oh, so, we've got to give we've got to give context yeah, to I my will, I will when we actually get to we've it we've got to give context to my fumble follow, follow us on twitter at the cousins pod follow us on instagram at <laughs> he's lost it oh my word no alright so we the, the twitter handle has always been the same but You've changed the Instagram handle recently and I was expecting you to go with that first and so I was ready to try and save the new Insta handle that I was not just I just was not ready for. It's changed so drastically. You freaked the fuck out. I did. <laughs> you you goosed me, mate. Oh. You goosed me. But follow, follow us on Instagram at cousins underscore AFL underscore fantasy. There it is, we brought it back. It doesn't roll off the tongue too nicely, it but doesn't the reason all. the reason I changed it is for the visual, <laughs> the visual result on Instagram. You see, you see the handle, so it it needs, you know, it needs to actually look like a fantasy page rather than some, I don't know, some weird cousin. <laughs> yeah, we, the cousins. Well, we fantasy were called, yeah, we were well. called the cousins fantasy, and was, I was just like, it's so open ended. It could be anything. It could, it could be. be inappropriate. It could. It could well be inappropriate. <laughs> so. I made the executive decision to change it and I only told Keebs about it like just before we hit record. <laughs> and I was I was unprepared. Oh, hilarious. So just to recap, follow us on Twitter at the Cousins Pod. <laughs> and at Instagram, Cousins at- underscore AFL underscore fans. <laughs> nice. Let's wrap Excellent. Up. <laughs> All right. This guy's got the giggles. Um, also, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. <laughs> Click the follow button so that you don't miss an episode. We really appreciate you guys. Good luck for round four, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin. Kiss him on the lips. Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin I love my cousin